Hey, welcome to tonight's episode. It's uh, how to make your characters feel the effects of their actions. Or something along those lines. Anyway, I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Here we go. <laughs> Hello! This is the game welcome to tonight's uh, stuff and things. Uh, it's our podcast, as per usual. Sages Inc. doing it up in the late night classroom. Tonight's topic, uh, how to get your players to consider their actions. Uh, at least that's what the topic we're going to go with. Um, or at least consider the effects of their actions. So, uh, with that, um, let's let's get going. We don't have a star guest tonight. Wham, wham, sad face. Uh, but we are joined at least by one guest. Thank you, Lawrence, for showing up. Appreciate you. And we even talked younger into showing up tonight. So it's not just me rambling by myself. So life is good. Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> so one time, one never let me down. One time. Don't don't get me started. Uh, anyway, younger, I'm gonna let you lead for a little bit because I'm gonna send out the notifications for hey we're live on Twitch. Um, so can you kind of break down uh, the positive and negative effects of making your players see what happens with their effects and actions? Okay, so basically, let's break this down at a fundamental level of like reality, and that's basically when they're like. Uh, when there you have an action, there's a consequence. When there's uh, like equal equal amount of force on both ends of something, you know, like energy cannot be created or destroyed. Blah blah blah. Whatever, whatever you want to say. Basically, actions have consequences. Uh, take something to make something else happen. Uh, those can basically come in three different levels when you're playing in game, um, and that's basically like hey you have a goal you want to do something and you roll and the dm says yeah you do it and that's a standard effect like you know what you like you just you made the check you completed it, the task you did whatever there was no major fluke there was no great ascension you know above what you were trying to do then you have what is on the higher and lower ends basically being a critical success which uh, you might complete a task to a greater degree than you had previously anticipated based off of the luck of the roll, or on the flip side, a critical fail, where you will have uh, dr- most of the time a dramatic detriment where you may not even complete the task, or it might actually delay you even further and ruin your chances of completing the task in general. Um, with varying degrees. Like, let's say, kind of similar to, like, if you're fighting a pixie and it shoots you with an arrow and you fail your wisdom save, or whatever the save is, uh, by five or more, (coughs) then you are put to sleep instead of, like, just taking the damage. You know, that would be a form of basically, like, Oh, well, you were subpar within your save, so you had a, like, limited outcome based off you failing your saving throw. Um, Things of that nature. So, uh, basically, great success. You achieve more than you normally would, um, and it's our job as a DM slash uh, to kind of show how that extra 
great role or effect manifests itself, you know, to basically be like, hey, you planned on doing this, but you actually <laughs> did a lot more than that. Like, oh, you planned on just hitting the guy, but instead you did a fatal blow beheading him. Um, we already know what standard is. Basically, you do whatever you expected to do as normal with that action. Um, and then based off that, and you kind of determined whether or not there's more or less left to do. Um, because if you're average at something and you complete an average task, uh, nothing fancy is really going to happen. And then, like I said before, uh, critical fails or, you know, failing five below on a saving throw or something to that effect is like a limited outcome where you might achieve only part of what you were attempting to achieve because you didn't completely succeed or uh, a weak effect. And basically it's our job to explain like how you try to do something, but your impact was greatly diminished upon you failing to meet the standard. Um, <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. And then basically break it down to, what else you still have left to do if you wish to accomplish your goal and or uh, kind of just show you like that it wasn't as impactful as you w would have hoped. Okay. Um, is there anything that either of you would like to interject within that? Yeah. So first, um, I mean that that's, that's interesting to talk about those effects, but uh, I think we're, going to more focus on the like you raided a village uh and there's consequences to those actions that's 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 more what we're focusing on here at least my thought uh, i'll okay. interrupt you because you were giving out good information oh uh, so the moral side of things yes the moral side of things is what we're focusing on tonight hello hello frozen you're also here you want to get in here oh, I'll, I'll shoot you one of these you can just listen if you want but you're welcome up here hello dagger house Hello. All right. So, jumping into uh, my babbling for a little bit, if that's all right, since I've sent all the messages that I can think of. Um. Hey, look, B. She says hello. Hello, B. Sorry, I'm distracted over here by the the chat. Um. The moral consequences, right? On a low tier, high tier, medium tier, how do you get your players? to accept their consequences for their actions or see the effects of what they do. Um, let's start low tier, right? So these are the immediate consequences that are relatively apparent. You know, you can explain stuff to people and be like, hey, you killed King such and such. The guards are going to try to murder you now instantaneously, right? Um, because you killed the big bad king, but he deserved it. Or maybe he didn't and you're just playing with the bunch of murder hobos whatever uh that's the low tier effects the guards or captains of whatever are coming to get you right now the midterm effects are going to be you have to leave the kingdom or you are going to get caught and executed by the remaining royal family um, and then the long-term effects is you've just destabilized the country maybe at least for a short period of time because they got to get a new king got to deal with descendants any kind of infighting that occurs when a royalty person uh dies um and things like that are all uh kind of in that scope of the effects right um so with those thoughts Basically great Britain right now 
basically with those thoughts, um, how would you personally, I'm going to ask everyone in here and the guests, how would you personally tackle one of those issues? So you, you can pick which one you want to uh, talk about uh, and then go from there for explaining it. How's that sound? Thumbs up. I can't see you, so it doesn't matter if your thumbs are up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Younger, I'm going to start with you. Um, give, give us give us your, your rundown on one of those. Okay. Um, basically, you said what, one of the things you mentioned was how guards are chasing you out of the city. So on and so forth. Um, was there a particular crime associated with that or just the murder of a king? Uh... Yeah, we'll just say murder of a king. We'll we'll even make this a very uh, morally justified like situation. Very, you are very you are, extremist you are. circumstance, but okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um. Yeah, I I would hope that uh, very early in your games, uh, you templated to your players before they even acted as characters. Um. That there will be consequences for your actions. Like, generally speaking, uh, when I play a D&D game, I want to know a few things. Uh, some of the things I want to know is, do I have to worry about my carrying capacity? Uh, <laughs> do, I, uh, do I recognize the uh, standard laws of the land, you know? Like, is this a world that I have no idea about? Or is this something that, like, oh, I would know what is A, acceptable, and B, what is not acceptable? And if the DM should ever so be in my favor, be like, hey, you might not want to do that, because if you do that, you'll go to jail. And the crime for conducting such an action is going to be uh, death. So, like, you want to, like, kind of template those things. Like, maybe even give your characters a second chance. Be like, are you really sure you want to do that action? Because your character would know that the consequence would be X, Y, Z. Now, if your characters say, F it, we're going to do it anyways because they're murder hobos. That's completely understandable. We've all been at tables with murder hobos. Um, and it's okay to uh, do things like, you know, maybe they fought the wrong creature and it... Uh, cuts off one of their characters' arms, you know? Or uh, a big brawny guy inside of a bar punches your wizard in the face and he can no longer use spells because he had, does not have the ability to cast spells verbally. Uh, because he was talking shit. Maybe he shouldn't talk shit. Um... There, there's a lot of, like, smaller things you can do to deter large-scale problems in your campaigns, such as, you know, somebody going through with the murder of a character that might not have been the best decision, such as a king, um, in which case uh, it's okay to make them pay for their actions. Those actions could be denied access to regular city trade so now they cannot go into a city and conduct business they have wanted posters uh you send bodyguards after them that are not little wussies like maybe even send characters who are higher level than them to actually beat the shit out of them um and then put them in front of a 
tribunal or whatever and get one of the characters who uh, murdered the king executed and the rest put on a suicide squad quest. (laughs) Things of that nature. Okay. Any comments? Questions? I think that's a pretty good description. Anyone else have any comments on this comment? That's all pretty good. All right. You spoke. Uh, You're next, Lawrence. What uh, what do you want to describe on that one? In the scenario where you kill the king, Mm -hmm. you're, you're halting the progression of the kingdom. Everything has to be put on pause for them to scramble together, to put someone in a position of power. Funds need to be reallocated. Um, if everyone on every tier, like, um, oh, instead of, um, you know, them pushing out funds to supply like a trade route or whatever, they may have to use those to increase the guard or to make a guard caravan to carry someone else of a, of lineage from a faraway place here or, they're, they may have to, like, bring forth some kind of, um, I don't know, in a democratic uh, situation, an election, in a monarchistic like situation, some kind of ceremony. But it, it changes the all-around vibe, and it just halts the entire progression of the kingdom. Um, it's, it's very dramatic. And then, uh, like, as a player, like Younger said, they could... Um, use that money to send highly trained people after you. And that could have been spent on the roads, the water system, agriculture, whatever, but it's now being spent to kill you for the crimes that you committed. The guards might not get paid. They might decide they don't want to work anymore. All kinds of things. That's a, sorry to to interrupt, but that's a, that's a wonderful consequence. Barbarian state. Yeah. Um, you can lose an opportunity. There might have been a whole quest line of uh, possibilities available to you if you had just uh, not murdered person X, which may right. have been a random person on the side of the road that you decided to murder Hobo because you really liked the color of his ring. Hey, we don't, yeah. or, we don't talk about that. Yeah. Magic item salesman on the way to town has shiny dagger. You want shiny dagger? You never meet him in town where he has a plethora of things behind his shelves and stuff. Right. And, you know, yeah. on, on that note, I think it's appropriate to tell players things mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? To let them know that they done goofed. So, yeah. uh, 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 are you done? Oh, what? yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry, I ramble a lot. No, 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 that was good. I just didn't, I, I didn't want to cut you off because you were, you were saying some awesome stuff. Oh, that's um, kind. Go ahead, man. I, I think one of the things that uh, if you if you just murder Hobo the King just because you're out killing everything, um, generally you do things in character for a reason. Uh, you kill the you kill somebody because they're evil or they're in the way of your plan or they're preventing you from being able to do something. So it doesn't really matter what the law says if you killed them for a reason. Morally, inside your head, you're justified. Or you needed to do it for the, your task, unless you're just out slaughtering, murdering things, and then that doesn't further your game. Most of the time in a game you're playing, you're doing something, not just wandering around aimlessly. 
looking for something to do. Because if you kill the king, you just gave yourself something major to do, which is survive the upheaval of all the shit you just happened. Or you were deceived to kill the king, and you didn't see his side of the story, and so you just murdered him, and you actually but, murdered but, the wrong bad guy. But you did it because you thought you were doing something. So even, even though the king, even though even though there's an alarm out, people are looking for you, if you were there to do something, you were doing it for a reason. It, it isn't just a random act, like... Uh, uh, like uh, kill yeah, there's usually a, a reason behind it, even if it's yeah. not necessarily a good reason. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's part of the party's goal or game, uh, the game plan for you to do that. So, um, or an individual we, goal. Yeah, so, something. So, uh, you thought the person was evil, and you whacked them because you're totally against evil, and they they like, ah, oh, we got we're gonna take care of the peasants, get rid of them all. You're like, no, you're not. You're dead now. Bam. And you did it for a moral reason. That changes. It isn't just like a random event. It's like you're playing in character, and that's what your character would do because he's that kind of guy. Yeah. So, right, so yeah. having the guards chase after you, it's like, are they evil guards? Or are they just they're trying to uphold the law? And you're gonna have to explain what happened, do you, or do you just try and run away because you now realize that, uh, you know, no one's gonna believe you or whatever. But but in the in that he the second, you did something for a reason. Characters do things for reasons, and regardless of the consequences, sometimes. But having to suffer a consequence for your actions is, is just—I mean—that's part of the game. I mean, you should yeah. you shouldn't just discount the the status quo. You know, you blow up the the tri queen leader of the town, and then you murk the whole town. <laughs> You're gonna waste scot free because there's no witnesses, and all people know is you are a badass. They don't know the situations with anything that happened. All they know is the town no longer exists, and you're still there. So that that gives you like a reputation. If you kill the king. And you don't run away. You're like, no, I did it because he was an evil bastard. Now you, you're trying to set your up your your uh, presence, which is still a consequence. Like like you said, like uh, the 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 rumors about you then spread, so on and so forth. Right, which right. may be you're, good or bad. Right, the the, the, the uh, addition to or the subtraction of your um, uh, not story, but your reputation. Uh, you mind if I interject again? No, no, go ahead. Okay, so I think there is um, there there's a couple things, like um, some great low level, uh, which can be applied to higher level circumstances of consequences, uh, can be um, arresting. It's a lot harder in higher level campaigns because generally speaking, um, regular guards can't apprehend a character. However. Let's say you do end up getting arrested. It might really suck to have all your cool magic items taken away. And you sent on a faraway carriage. And uh, manacles that contain your magical abilities. Uh, to a far distant land because you were exiled. And then you basically start off. Yeah sure you're the same level. But now you don't have any of the cool shit that you had. <laughs> um. Or maybe you had a, a terrible idea of carrying a bunch of explosives um, with you, and a fire wizard decided he was going to launch fireball, and then you exploded with all of your munitions because you were too stubborn to let them go. Can we not talk about or, um, people with uh, munitions, please? <laughs> or things like, um, I, I guess, uh, like you could end up. Uh, like I kind of mentioned this before, with like a like like a disability or death, um, where it's like, oh, well, maybe you did something and 
it's like a chemical reaction. Uh, you stared at the sun too long. Guess what, guys? Uh, your eyeballs burnt, and now you're blind. You suffer the blind condition because you decided you were going to do a constitution save against the sun for 15 minutes. Uh, so, tender. I like here. saying this because people will be like, "I eat the soap." It's like, okay, the soap the soap was poisonous, so you are now under the poisoned condition. So, Congratulations. To cut you off here, because this is actually something I want to cover on after we get past this first section. Um, we'll come back to that thought. Um, Frozen, you, you were the last one here for the, the list. Kyle, if you know what we're talking about, I'll happily pick you too. But Frozen, you got anything for us on this one? Mid-tier, low-tier, uh, immediate-tier consequences? He is unmuted. <laughs> if you are talking, we can All I hear. Uh, if you need to back out and come back, I'll obviously re-invite you. Yeah, because I ain't hearing nothing for now. <laughs> Me either. Okay, he'll be back. Kyle, hello. You, you got anything to, to comment on this? Uh, no, I, I came in just like two seconds ago, so I still don't know okay. what's happening. <laughs> You'll be part of the next question. Me right now. There you go. All right. Apparently, I spent too much time muted. Um, so, just to clarify here, we're talking about how we get across to our players uh, the consequences of an action. Correct. Yep. On some tier, like uh, level of when it will affect them, kind of thing. So, obviously, immediate consequences, mid tier consequences, and long tier consequences. Second and tertiary effects to their actions. Wow, use real words, why don't you? <laughs> so, I, I I mean, I'm going to play off this you killed the king thing. And okay. there could be there, there could be a million reasons why you did it. But, you know, the immediate consequences is you're in a room with a dead body. And now you have to get away. There's guards around the way. Um, you know, maybe one of your players doesn't get away. Mm. You know, maybe maybe that player gets captured. Now, and on that thought, would sorry? you suggest maybe adding an NPC that is specifically meant for sacrificial purposes? If you wanted to be really nice to your players, absolutely. But the fact that that player is captured could be a uh, a hook. You know, maybe use a player who's who can't uh, who can't make it to every session or something like that. You know what I mean? But it becomes a hook to okay. Now we have to figure out how to get this player back. How we're going to save this player. Uh, sorry, my brain just got <laughs> totally sidetracked. This is going. I love it. All right, sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna refocus us and move on to the next question, if that's all right. Yeah. Okay. So, I think that all pretty much all those examples covered things pretty well, right? Um, so I'm gonna switch up the scenario a little bit. Um, so you and your party. Uh, go into a relatively poor town, right? And you spend all the money. 
you spend 700 gold a piece on various items, things, all that kind of stuff. What are some positive actions of like boosting a town's wealth like that? Considering, let, let's just say that would be a considerable boost to that town. You know what I mean? You basically paid them two or three years worth of wages in a single day kind of thing for, you know, whoever you're buying stuff from. Or you were just handing out five coins here and there wherever you saw people. Whatever. Well, that might have negative consequences on their economy because you're talking about putting an influx of money all of a sudden in their economy. Their prices might go up through the roof or they might have a supply chain issue that could have negative effects not just positive effects okay i mean that's a that's yeah a really change of point. power structure so before you guys get all crazy let's keep this organized now um so younger thoughts thoughts on this really quick quick thoughts two sentences. okay if if it's just positive things right uh good things is maybe it might uh inflate the standard of living they might be able to go and purchase better things so on and so forth uh however i do completely agree with kyle as there <laughs> would also be uh potential negative effects such as like uh oh now this person has more money than the current ruler so maybe now that person is going to have a coup so on and so forth and overthrow the current government because they have the money to hire mercenaries or orc barbarians from the tribe over to go and usurp the throne, etc. So I, I think everybody is like uh, looking at these macro or even micro things that are happening and, and trying to expand it for the whole economy. If you think about uh, how they set D&D up with adventurers having tons of cash always, I mean, we're always money, we're, we're gold, gold coin rich, buying ridiculous stuff all the time that normal people don't buy. No one goes out and buys plus one swords. No one's looking for a ring of protection. No one buys plus one plate mail. No, people just don't do that on the regular. Only, only people that are adventurers or high-level characters that are NPCs. So when, like when an NPC character, you pay him a lot of money for something, the, intrinsically in the game, they have things like, that guy's got to pay taxes on that. That you know, it, it balances out so that, um, or the DM can can make that be a scarcity issue, and uh, raise prices for everything because of it. But it's kind of really rare for anybody else to have a lot of coinage to be spinning it out there to to make the economies crash, rise, or fall because uh, taxes are high in uncivilized times. You don't you don't you don't get a pot of gold to get to keep it. You get a pot of gold and you're a little better off. The king gets a lot happier, and therefore the the, the scarcity. Doesn't get doesn't happen so quickly unless there's a problem like there's not enough water and you buy ten thousand jars of water now nobody has water. But uh, generally speaking, in the game terms, adventurers pay more for stuff than normal people do. When you when you go into taverns, you, you spend five gold pieces. Most people don't make five gold pieces a week, let alone spend it for dinner or lunch. It's kind of built into the game, so you can't you can't emphasize that as an important thing to think about because the game kind of took care of that ahead of time. In my thought process. That's all right. Okay. Frozen Lord. See, I see, I, I see things a little bit differently uh, than RJ because when when you look, even if you look in the book, right, things like minor wondrous objects, plus one swords, and things like that, really, uh, they're they're not listed as necessarily super rare. 
You know, there's there are some items that are extremely rare, and there's items that are way less rare. Uh, scrolls and potions, and I think even plus one swords are plus one weapons are like common. So for me, they're, that they're, means that they're, they're people uncommon. are buying them on the regular. Oh, yeah, but but I mean, even uncommon people are buying them on the regular. I, I tend I tend to look at at D and D, and this might just be my nerdism coming out, but I tend to look at D and D and the player and, and and the the people in the world, um, like a game where a larger portion of the world is adventurers. Like there are people that are out there buying these things and doing these things. Okay. So I think for context of the book though, when they're listing item rarity, a lot of it is focused on uh, the forgotten realms themselves and the forgotten realms for sure is full of adventures, right? Um, that's, yeah. that's, that's job number one. You know I mean, if you ain't a farmer or a soldier, you're an adventurer. Um, but there's plenty of would be worlds, homebrew or not that fit those categories. So thinking that the world works like that totally works. If that's how your world works. Um, I think that's to bring that to something that we do as a company. Uh, that's why we set the economic level when we build a homebrew world from somebody because it allows us to be like, okay, an uncommon item actually is relatively rare. You know what I mean? It's something someone might buy once ever. A rare item, you know, if you're not rich, rich, you ain't seeing one of these. Like, the shop owners don't even show it to you. Or if you're in a high money yeah. world, you know, or a high magic world, I should say, uh, you know, maybe that stuff is so common that it's kind of everywhere. You know, people have plus one weapons on their hips on the regular, things like that. Um, but that's just world building stuff. You can change that as much as you need. Uh, jumping over to Lawrence. Lawrence, do you have any comments on the spending a whole bunch of gold in the town? Good, bad, ugly consequences? All these points are valid. But what I would like to see in my games, if someone frequents a town and spends a lot of money there, is you come back a few seasons later... And the dirt roads are paved. You come back a few seasons later, there's a protective wall. There's more cows. The village becomes a town. The town becomes a city kind of thing, you know? Like, the shops have, are become better quality because you frequent them more often. Um, you know, the the people that sell food have higher quality food. The, the You know, just you boost the economy by, by like, frequenting there. You drop your gold there. The gold gets spent there by mundane people doing mundane things, but it, it overall increases the quality of that area. And then places you don't touch in the world that you don't frequent, that you run into later, that have been impoverished the, the whole time, stay impoverished. You know, people don't go there. There's, you know, too many big beasties, and the only people that live there live there because their grandpa lived there or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> is a fantastic point. Um, and I know for a fact, personally, in several of my games, that's been a theme where, you know, the whole point of going out on adventures is to make our town better or to improve something in an area that we have. Uh, we talked about this in a, another podcast, I think, but having a home base for your characters where they can watch things grow and improve or be destroyed uh, is super, super important for uh, long-term uh, stories. If you're doing modules, not so much. But even in some of the modules, you have home bases and whatnot. Like, uh, uh, 
why am I, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, RJ, what's the campaign that you're running currently? The Waterdeep. Um, in Waterdeep, you yeah, get a home base. The bar. The, the bar, exactly. Um, so some of the positive consequences of your actions can be improvement, right? So that is a consequence of you doing things. Um, and I think that's important to remember that consequences aren't necessarily always bad. Uh, they can be good too. Um, and your players should see both sides of their good and bad things. You know, even with the murder hobo group that kills the king, right? Uh, going back to that example, you should probably also show, oh geez, you should probably also show the positive stuff that happens from you murdering the evil king that's been taxing people to death or stuff like that. Sure, the state might be going rogue or craziness might be going on, but uh, the peasants have food. Or, you know, a lot of the innocent criminals that were going to get executed are free and with their families. Um, so it's important to show the good things that happen as much as the bad, right? Because, like, yeah, we do a lot of things. Man, they're loud. Sorry. Um, we do a lot of things that, like, affect the world. Um, but a lot of stuff we do is for good reasons. Unless you're playing an evil group that's going around killing babies or something. Uh you need to be able to show that there are positive effects for what your players are doing. If they're going to be heroes and adventurers, like, there needs to be something shown for it. Even if you're playing a world where you're just a group of yahoos in a guild uh, that are exploring places and doing things and they are recording maps, you show the players a map on the wall that is an improved section or, like, ah, we posted up what you guys said happened here and it's on a wall, you know what I mean? Uh, having little improvements such as that is also a great mod uh, motivator for people. You know, give give them their wannabe trophies. Um, I mean, you can give them literal trophies, but I mean, also give them their fake imaginary in-world trophies. Um, people like that. <laughs> I uh, think um, something something that greatly uh, templated that is like a lot of video games, specifically like Dragon Age Origins. Like, at the very end of the game, there's a credit scenes, and it's like, hey, Dragon Age game is basically a story about making choices. And so at the very end of the game, it's like, hey, at this point, uh, this is what the dwarves of this region go on to do. This is uh, what happened to the elves after you left them in this uh, dire circumstance and didn't help them. <laughs> Or what have you. And you don't have to wait till the end of the game, obviously. But, like, you could just be, like, a little bit down the line. Just kind of be like, oh, maybe you have an NPC interaction that's like, oh, did you hear the local rumor that the town of so-and-so had fallen and just so happened to be that you had killed their king or whatever and then the rest of it collapsed and it was attacked by ogres or whatever. Just having, like, little side bits of information be tad bit spread out through a multitude of means, whether it be character interactions, overhearing things, uh, reading things when they go over to a quest board, um, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's kind of the reputation. <laughs> you got to get that folk hero background from somewhere. <laughs> I love folk hero backgrounds. So is White Earp a good guy or a bad guy? Ooh, solid question. Uh, I would say Wyatt Earp in the long run was a good guy.
You're just saying that because he's your great, 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 great uncle, Roger. Okay, regardless. <laughs> uh, so no, younger, the last thing that we were waiting on is went through. It was 160 something. Ouchie, but good. It's all done. Um. All right, so um, <laughs> let's talk about player stuff. We we don't have an excessively long amount of time left, so let's talk about direct player actions. So Younger kind of touched on this uh, of both of his times when he was talking about stuff, uh, both at the beginning and a couple minutes ago. But where a player looks at the sun and is, I'm staring at the sun for five minutes and goes blind. Uh, what are some other stuff like that that you have either done to players or have thought about doing to players because they were doing something silly? I'm going to start with Frozen this time and jump around a little bit. So wait your turn. <laughs> Frozen, you got anything for us? So I don't have like a story about something that I've done to a player, but okay. I do have a story about uh, when I was a player and something dumb was happened. Um, and I was still relatively new to D and D. Um, and we were exploring the, this cave in the underdark and my character saw this hole in the wall and it looked, it looked like, a like a dumb waiter. You guys know what that is? Yes. So it looked like a dumbwaiter shaft, but there was no ropes or anything in there. We're like, wow, I could use this to get down to, uh, you know, another level or something. And so I jumped down, not thinking that it was going to be very far. And my DM goes, so you're falling into a dark void. <clears throat> and I said, well, uh, all right how long am I falling for? He says, you're still falling. You don't know that there's a ground coming to get you. I said, okay, I'll throw my grappling hook back up and catch the, catch the thing. And he says, all right, roll for it. And I threw my grappling hook and he goes, did you tie a rope to the grappling hook? And that's how my first character met his doom. <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> Okay, so uh, jumping down to Lawrence. Lawrence, you got something for us? Yes, yes. Um, in like my current campaign, uh, one of my players is a, a druid furbolg, and she got her hands on this bag full of gems, and she went to like inspect them to see if she knew what they were, and it was a bag full of spittles, spidles. Well, anyway, she failed horribly. So I'm like, yeah, your character thinks they're rubies. So thinking that they were rubies, she took them to market to like a, a gem cutter. Mm -hmm. And that and that gem cutter failed his role. And he also thought they were rubies. So eventually, as they change hands, someone is going to like realize that they aren't rubies. And there's going to be consequences 
and me and her joke about it and and she talks about it a lot she's like waiting for something to happen so i, I gotta put that in the story somehow but uh yeah somewhere along the line a gym cutter is going to be like these aren't rubies they're they're spittles and they're going to go back to where they bought them and that guy's going to give a description and they're going to be looking for her and she's going to be in big trouble <laughs> but uh like she those are unknowing consequences um like her character didn't know the mm-hmm. person who bought them didn't know but down the line it's it's going to come back on her so uh, i don't know. may i make a suggestion yeah so absolutely uh have them get paid for one of their jobs not in rubies and have like half of them or a few of them be the spittles Right. Oh. And just every single time they get paid with rubies, have a percentage of them be uh, these spittles because they've sullied the ruby market with spittles, and either encouraged <laughs> other people to sell them, um, or they're just they keep finding the ones they sold accidentally forever ago as kind of some comic curse. These are these are. Uh, <laughs> this is just counterfeit money. You could literally just get the. Uh get like the local authorities involved for it being counterfeit money. Yeah. It's a crime. Crime in the realm. Alright. Jumping You're trying to, to steal the... money from the king. Also, like a... uh, go ahead. Um you could also like have a NPC player uh get close to her and become her friend and then get whacked and their dying wish is for her to find the person that got these counterfeit rubles and cut their head off and have her promise that she will. You know, I'll take care of my last dying wish, please. Oh, I'll take care of my promise, I swear. What's your last dying wish? Kill the person who got these spittles. They ruined my family or something like that. And it's her. (laughs) If you really want to torture your players, that's a a good one, too. That's a little bit far. Speaking of torturing players, RJ, uh, give us us a story. What you got for us? Um, Well, I think probably the most common as a DM is uh, when the player casts the spell... And he's not a really aware of the physical situation. He casts cat, uh, uh, cloud kill, and the wind's blowing in their face. So he, he gasses his own party. Uh, the the dork that fires a fireball in the forest and lights the forest on fire. Uh, those kind of consequences. Like spells are powerful, and they have consequences outside of just killing the bad guy. You know, you fire one off in a house, and it's made of wood. Guess what? The house is now on fire, and you're fighting inside of a fire. It adds to the level of difficulty considerably, but it's a consequence of using magic that is so powerful. That is an excellent use of uh, consequences to directly show their players that, hey, what I do affects the world. Um, probably the easiest way to do it, too. You know, if you most campaigns start in a forest or something, you cast Firebolt and miss, uh, have a tree catch on fire, and then after the battle, have the players, before they can take their long rest or whatever, or before they can loot, they got to put out a fire using something. Uh, is a fantastic example. Um, now, obviously, you don't want to overdo that because you don't necessarily want to punish players for using the spells they have, but doing it once or twice to remind them that, hey, fire and force bad, or ice on water, or whatever is an appropriate elemental combination that's bad. Great, great idea. I love it. Kyle! What you got for us? Yeah, um, I guess I have, uh, um, a player who who fed a, a seed to a captured 
um, bad guy, and then proceeded to use plant growth on the bad guy after he escaped um, with the intention just to harmlessly kill him in a quick death, but it ended up being a very scrutinizing, painful, quite an evil death uh, for the bad guy, and that ended up becoming like a hot spot for ghosts and um, and becoming a uh, growth for, for evil to kind of grow around that tree that was like that grew out of the blood and body of the of the uh, bad guy they put it in, um, and they ended up squashing that pretty early on. They knew they kind of in character they like realized there might be some consequences. Or out of character they might re- they realized that, and they got they got together with a supernatural hunter NPC, and they um, they literally killed themselves in order to become a ghost. Went to that location and took care of the problem. And freed the soul of the of the bad guy that they that they trapped there in, in the ethereal plane, um, and sent them to hell. Uh, well, they were trying to save redeem their soul, but the guy ended up choosing to go to hell. Um, so yeah, it was a consequence that kind of like they resolved, but it was um, it's something they didn't expect. They didn't expect it to be so horrific to you know kill someone with a tree inside their body, but in fact, it was very slow and painful death. Nice. So, uh, younger one more, and then I'm going to jump to uh, one more thing. Uh, can I just do a quick, like, speed run of, like, four things? Yeah, of course. Okay. Hitting on spells. Inside a stone building. Small stone building, like adobe structure. Cast shatter. Stone building falls on oneself. Um, going and uh, attacking people in the middle of a water-floating town. And polymorphing into a T-Rex. <laughs> and then proceeding to uh, kill myself and other people uh, who are on the floating pat- platform because it is no longer floating and we're all drowning. And T-Rexes can't swim. Um, what are some other things? Oh, one thing, dirtbag DM thing to do is, as a player, uh, go and kill a flying... Uh, ancient dragon, and then having that ancient dragon somehow fall on the player and descend, uh, you know, 60 feet immediately on top of the player with not a very good chance of escaping with just using movement action, and then that character dying, um, that was pretty lame. But that was a consequence of me killing a creature the DM didn't want me to, you know, kill at that exact moment there's my speed run okay those three things but th- those were all good all right yeah, i had something else but i forgot what it was <laughs> i'm sure i can come up with another one okay so uh last topic or idea unfortunately lost frozen but that's okay he'll probably be back um is player consequences not character but player consequences um an example being, you tell a player, "Hey, you can you can murder that baby, but you will become evil. Your character is evil, and any of your good quality stuff goes away." Um, I know that also affects the character too, but like this is allowing the player to make that conscious decision and giving them the choice of, "Hey, I'm going to do this action because I feel that's what my character would do, but it will result in a major change in my character." Now, five E, right? Uh, for the most part. 
the alignment won't matter. In earlier editions it did, and in some other TTRPGs, major moral choices like that have some major effects. Um, for D&D, not so much. But for other stuff, it can be. Um, you, know, you lose levels or items or powers. Um, in D&D, though, let's say you're a paladin, um, killing a baby or setting a forest on fire intentionally uh, you know, might win you the battle slash stop an army, but you are a green paladin and you have just set the fire, forest on fire. You just broke your oath and you're now an oath breaker. Um, you know, if your god is a god of the forest or something and you're a cleric and you allow that to happen without putting the fire out eventually, you, you might have some reduced powers or something, you know. Um, what do you guys think for player consequences? For player I have a much? phenomenal one. Okay, we'll start okay. You your player is an absolute dirtbag of a human being. Uh, nobody at your table is having fun anymore because, you know, they're just ruining everybody's mood, everybody's time, so on and so forth. Hey, sorry, but, like, you're taking things out of hand or you're, like, pissing off too many people, so on and so forth. Politely ask them, get out of my house. Or <laughs> uh, have fun playing with some other people. I don't think this is going to work out. Um, okay. And this is the reason why. That's that's an excellent player consequence for bad behavior at the table or doing something that we know is not okay. Um, you know, I personally don't use uh, the a paper version of the consent form, but I know I make it a fact at this point in my DMing career to like ask people, make sure there's nothing that is like super terrible for them to see do here uh and if there is for them to tell me immediately so i can avoid and or fix whatever's going wrong so we don't have to deal with it um there will be no quest line where somebody's parent is killed if they were the you know child who had their parents killed when they were children right or if you have that person at the table like probably just avoid that storyline it's not a necessary story beat you need to go over unless they're the ones that request it but you know whatever Sometimes we're cheap therapists. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, jumping over to RJ to start this time. What do you? What do you? Do you have any other? I shouldn't say to start. Younger started. Uh, do you have anything to on this topic for quote unquote punishing players? Or not punishing players? Sorry, having consequences for players. And again, they can be positive too. I have a positive one. If you guys don't have any, yeah, I can't, I can't really think of positive ones to do for people. But uh, I think the 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 death of your character. I mean, just kill the, kill the guy's character off because he's not, um, uh, taking something seriously or he's, he's, he's just trying to be particularly difficult because he thinks his character should behave that way. But it's really like taking the fun out of the game for him to be that way. And you whack his character. I mean, I think that's probably the most common one for DMs to use is like what, what makes it plain that they don't want to be, uh, a, a growing part of the, the, the campaign group. They need the, the, you know, remake their character and rethink themselves. Pink lightning, yeah. All right, Lawrence. Oh, like if they're showboating too much, or they're okay. just like okay. they play downright evil characters. The rest of the table is not going to have them in mind for their goals, or their plans, or their team combos. They'll kind of just be shunned a little bit you know what i mean like i've been in a situation where two of my players 
had ideas and they got along really well. And the, the other player wasn't necessarily bad, but he was very chaotic and sporadic and it did not align very well with the rest of the table. So most of the time he had to just role play his character doing his own thing. And then the rest of the group had fun thinking about talking about their characters, doing things together. And he kind of got excluded on that because there wasn't like, a, like a, a full table vibe, like being that kind of player, you just like pretty much shun yourself. You ostracize yourself from the rest of the group. Sometimes the DM. Okay. All right. Um, Kyle jumping down to you. Um, so I, I, mine kind of like, I have, I, um, to kind of reward players. I have stars and wishes. So if a player does something good during their session, like other player might give that player a star or I might give that player a star. And those are usually associated with inspirations. So people give out inspiration based off like, um, good, good behavior or good, smart thinking or good role play also has its advantages in my games. Um, and then I also had a comment that kind of ties into the previous question um, with the consequences of the character as well. I think that those a lot of those examples that gave in the previous question were also consequences from the player because in my, my perspective, the player, char- the character and the player should know a lot of those things, right? The player should have the opportunity to know that a T-Rex is too heavy for the the weight of a floating um, uh, structure or whatever they're on, a floating platform. So before, for me personally, before they turned into a tree X, I would warn them. I'd be like, hey, are you sure you're, you're standing on this floating platform? Or I might say, give me an insight check before they turn to see if their character would realize that. Because it's like, because they, they would have some amount of that, not, even if the char- player doesn't think of it, their character should have some of that common sense knowledge or if you're not sure you should roll to see if their character would have that common sense knowledge and kind of play that into it so then you should warn them that they still decide to turn into a t-rex or still decide to burn down the forest then it becomes the answer to this question which is now now it's a consequence as a player you know there's these things happening for them being chaotic on purpose even though they knew you know as a player and as a character that that events might occur on So I think I think it's important to know like what knowledge the character would know that the player doesn't necessarily think about, right? And to make sure that you that you roll for that at the very least to see if their character would make that connection. Gotcha. Characters can be smarter than players. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's a whole other subject for another day. I think because I I could talk about <laughs> the difference between players and characters and how to mitigate stupidity at the table. Uh, we'll put that on the polls in a couple weeks. That'll be great. Um, but, uh, to kind of caveat on your first part with the positive stuff, something I heard today that was great was like, if you're playing with a, we'll say another DM that knows stats on monsters and things like that and knows that a monster has fire resistance, but their character loves fire, they're going to attack with fire until they see it doesn't do damage or it heals the monster or something like that. And you uh, can reward them. You use stars or things like that uh, 
But, like, using an inspiration die for being, like, you played your character really well, um, even if that was an idiotic choice as a, as a, as a person, uh, playing that character appropriately felt really good. And I thought that was a really cool idea um, for doing a positive effect uh, for the players themselves. You know what I mean? If you're going to play through on a character and truly be dedicated to that uh, character's choices... Like, even when it's detrimental to you in a in a positive manner, you know what I mean? Because, you know, obviously they're going to switch tactics once they figure it out uh, kind of thing. But, I don't know, I thought it was cool. Um, so, let's, uh, let's wrap this up really quick. Um, your boy was uh, a bad boy, and I have not actually updated our uh, code for this month. So, for the next uh, couple weeks, the code is still going to stay free... Uh, free class, F-R-E-C-L-A-S, capital F-R-E, lowercase C-L-A-S, 10% off on the store, all that fun stuff. We have fun announcements coming. Um, if you can figure out that bing bong noise that was happening at the beginning of the podcast, you might have a semi-idea of what it is. Mean Muggles, hello! God lightning. We call it pink lightning, Muggles, but yes, for sure. Um... But, uh, that's the code for this month for the store. Obviously, sagesinc.com uh, or www.sagesinc.com is the new website. You can also look it up at www.herocrafters.com because we're using that domain too. Um, let's see what else. You know, you got anything that is super major? Uh, we have, oh, sorry, 10 seconds. Uh, Monday and Thursday, this coming week, we have our D&D game on Monday and Thursday is our Lancer game again, so... You will see a couple of these gentlemen in those games, so be prepared. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Younger, sorry. Thanos, you just stole my thunder. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's all the plugin I have. Again, we don't have a star guest, so no one needs to talk or say anything. Obviously, Yahoo's in here. I'm going to end the stream. Uh... With adventure in mind, I hope you all have a wonderful night. Hey, 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 that's the end of the podcast this week. Again, promo code free class, F-R-E-C-L-A-S-S. Uh, we'll probably change it by Monday, though, so... Last chance to use this code before the next new one for the month rolls around. <laughs> or not. We'll see. And we might just keep the same. Who knows? Anyway, with adventure in mind, hope you all have a wonderful night.